February the 26th, 2024, Luke chapter 23, at the cross. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. You indeed are an awesome God. Grace and peace, my brothers and sisters. My name is RJ, and I welcome you to another episode of God is Faithful and Just, with all things being relational. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you this morning, Father God, for awakening us, giving us another opportunity to lay before you on this side of eternity, looking forward to hearing from you this day, receiving our daily bread, walking into a world that is full of the need of your love, your truth, your gospel. And as we walk into this world, Lord Father God, we ask that you continue to guide us, direct us. Let your spirit remain our hope that those who see us may ask, what must I do to be saved? And we may give them the light and the hope of your love. You be glorified, Father God, today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Glory, hallelujah. Family, family, family. God is truly good. I thank you for being here with us again this morning. God is truly good. Can we just can we just talk just for a little bit? You know, we're coming up on the last day on tomorrow of this gospel according to Luke. And God is truly, truly good. I can't say it. I can't stress it even more the more. You know, when if you are going through anything as a Christian, let me tell you something. If your love is down in any way, Brother Jared, the hug that he gave on yesterday, the hugs that he gave, man, they could bring you right back up. And those are the things that we need as our brothers and from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes hugs like that or or prayer right on the spot. You know, as Christians, it's not an easy walk. Again, let us let us talk for a little bit. You know, we face a society that in today's time marginalizes faith. Or if not that, there is pluralism, right? The, the idea that there are multiple valid paths to salvation, saying Jesus is not the only way. Or perhaps moral relativism, where society asserts that there is no absolute right or wrong. And then of course, there's the big one, spiritual warfare. Forces at work that we cannot see and family, furthermore, there, there are challenges that we can see, the ones at home with, within the family, from the spouse, the kids, and the in-laws. And not to mention our, our church family or our small groups. And at sometimes even disagreements with what our pastor is saying from the pulpit. And of course, we have our co-workers and and those we face going to and from work, perhaps at the grocery store or, or coming from vacation. Family, the reality is that balancing our faith and our daily life can be a challenge. Yet, despite these challenges, we must find hope in our faith, hope in our community, hope in the promise of God's presence in our life. 
to dwell within us and guide us as we navigate this terrain and and all the while sharing the love of Jesus, seeking to make a positive impact on the world we live in. My Lord, my God, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, we welcome your help daily. Lead us and guide us that we may continue to honor our Father, Abba. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, we pray. Glory, hallelujah. Family, let us be blessed on today. Let's go into this word. God has allowed us to entitle it at the cross. It's my prayer, it's my hope, it's my desire that you are blessed. Be all that God has called you to be. Then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. And they began to accuse him saying, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, You have said so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they were urgent, saying, he stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea and from Galilee, even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent them over to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had longed to desire to see him, because he had heard about him and he was hoping to see some sign done by him. So he questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him, and Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then, arraying him in splendid clothing, they sent him back to Pilate, and Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, for before this, they had been at enmity with each other, enmity with each other. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people, and after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent them back to us. Look. Nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection starting in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they asked. But he delivered Jesus over to their will. 
and as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people of, of women, who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breast that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the Skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him that read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly? For we are receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not con consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid it in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of Pentecost, the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with 
with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then, then they returned with spices and ointments. On the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. At the cross. Family, glory, hallelujah. I want you guys to think about what has taken place here. Where were the apostles? The absence of certain apostles during the, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ provides a nuanced perspective on human frailty doubt and the intricate nature of faith in the midst of profound challenges pretty much what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode their non-presence serves as a as a touching reminder of the multifaceted journey of faith which includes both unwavering devotion and moments of profound struggle and uncertainty this absence highlights the complexities faced by individuals when confronted with adversity and the profound impact it can have on their beliefs and commitment. At the cross, where were all the disciples? In this pivotal moment of Christian history, the disciples' reactions, whether present or absent, because remember, there were some there, it offers timeless lessons for believers. Their steadfastness in the face of adversity remains an enduring example of faith, resilience, and loyalty, inspiring countless individuals across centuries in their spiritual journeys. The crucifixion witnessed by a select few, including the beloved disciple John, underscores the emotional and spiritual connection these apostles had with Jesus. John standing alongside Mary, the mother of Jesus, exemplified unwavering loyalty and deep affection for the Savior during this agonizing hour. In summary, family, the disciples' presence or absence at the crucifixion reflects the complexities of faith and serves as a powerful reminder of the human experience in times of adversity. It points a picture at the reality of our humanity. Glory, hallelujah. Father God, as, as we gather in prayer, we remember the emotional moment when Jesus, burdened by the weight of the cross, turned to the daughters of Jerusalem. His words echo through time, urging us to look beyond the immediate pain and sorrow. Father God, Grant us the wisdom to see beyond our own trials and tribulations. May we not weep solely for the suffering of others, but also for the choices we make, the paths we tread, and the legacy we leave for our children. In our tears, Father God, when we find empathy and compassion, may we recognize our shared humanity and the interconnectedness of our lives. Help us, Father God, sow seeds of kindness, love, and understanding. Guide us, my Lord, my God, to be mindful of the consequences of our actions. 
for they ripple through generations. May our tears be a cleansing rain that nurtures growth and healing. And as we weep, Father God, may we also find hope for even in the darkest moments, your grace shines through, offering redemption and renewal. We bless you, Father God. We praise your holy name. We look forward, even in the midst of our challenges, to being all that you've called and created us to be. We bless you in the mighty and majestic name of our Savior, our Lord, your Son, Jesus, the Messiah. Glory, hallelujah. You be glorified. Family, do be blessed on today. Do be encouraged. Know that in your challenges, in your struggles, God is with you. Never give up. We are with you. We love you. And those of you, my friends, soon to be family, if you have not called upon the name of Jesus as Lord, as Savior, out of your mouth, out of your heart, call upon the name of Jesus. Confess your sins. God said that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Call upon the name of Jesus as Lord, as Savior, and you shall be saved. And we want to walk with you, family. This journey was not made to be walked alone. It was made to be shared with and in community. We love you. Indeed, we do. Grace and peace be upon you. And we look forward to being with you here again on tomorrow. And in the meantime, family, be a blessing to those around you. Glory, hallelujah. <laughs>